Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. I mentioned this survey at the start of the programme today. That's out from the activity group, excuse me, uh, PGL Adventures. And they found in their research that about two out of three working parents admit, look, they rely on screen time to keep their children entertained during the uh, the busy school holidays. And of course, we're right in the thick of the Easter break now. Jen Hogan, journalist with the Irish Times, is with us today on the line. Jen, like, are you surprised, I suppose, first of all, two thirds relying no. on screen time? I'm not surprised, Andrew. Although if I was to express any surprise, it's that it's not higher. I think, I presume, people have grandparents or something, the other third have grandparents or somebody else stepping in to try and help out and keep children off screens. And it's this perennial battle that we have at the moment. Probably probably became so so very aware of it during the COVID pandemic and restrictions times when parents were trying to work from home and schools were closed and we were trying to occupy kids and be everything to everybody. And I suppose it's women in particular this tends to disproportionately impact because it's women who might be trying to juggle the holidays and take care of the kids. I know dads are much more involved now, but it is still largely um, an issue for women. And as a result, we have our kids on screens far too much. And we know that. We we know we have the obesity issue with children. We know there's problems with movement. We know there's problems around mental health with too much time on social media. We know all these things, and yet we still have this dilemma that you're trying to work and you don't have the same amount of holidays as there are school holidays. So there's something has to give, and you're trying to find something to occupy your children because, like in my case, I still have deadlines. I still have things mm-hmm. that I have to do work-wise. And I need to keep my kids safe. So I'm lucky. I'm, I'm in the fortunate position of being able to work from home most of the time. But I work from home most of the time. I can keep them safe. Can I keep them engaged and keep them supervised outside and do all those things and still meet my deadlines? No, that's not practical. So even my own children, and I know from speaking to parents, this is something that literally crucifies them with the guilt. You know, they feel so bad about it. They know it's not something they should be doing, but they don't have a choice. And it's, it's kind of the elephant in the room. We're not addressing the fact that the trying to be a working parent and again I go back to women here again because it really is a woman's issue you know we're trying to encourage women into the workforce we're trying to keep women in the workforce and it's really difficult because they're trying to manage their family responsibilities largely and there's nothing really being done to support women and to support parents to stay in the workforce and if you complain about it and try to raise it as an issue you get this usual what do you have kids for if you didn't want to take care of them children are beneficial for all of society our replacement okay. rate is too low and we need children so we need to support families is are we too critical though of parents and, and using screen time? Like I do wonder that because we hear yeah. this discussion so frequently. I mean, I just wonder sometimes do parents is it is it all that bad? Uh, I mean, look, there's, there's countless. We know, I suppose, all the underlying difficulties that there are as a result of children spending too much time online. I think there was a report there in the Financial Times recently about um, teenagers and this the, the mental health deteriorating and the common denominator there has been the advent of social media and it's gotten worse over the years. So so the likes of, of the amount of time they're spending on, online, there is an impact on that. We know children aren't moving enough. We know they're not reaching the minimum movements that they should be reaching every day because they're not active enough. So there are consequences. So I don't know. It's not... We are probably too critical, but we're not also recognising why parents have to do this. It's not that parents Mm, are oblivious or taking the lazy option. It's they have no choice. Caroline Foran, um, author and podcaster, is is with us as well, Jen, because Caroline, your little lad, he's he's not school going age yet. No, he's only two and a half now, so we're, we're a while off, yes. Yeah. What's your experience with screens? So I, this might be controversial, but I, I would really enjoy being able to um, 
have a break and put them in front of the TV for a little while. And I have absolutely no judgment of anyone who does it. I think, especially when you're at home with your kids, you're trying, you know, if you need to escape for a phone call like I did just right now, yeah, and um, it can be really, really helpful. And look, lots of the stuff out there is really informative and educational. They, they learn a lot from it as well. But in my experience with my son, who I'm only kind of realizing now in the last few months, he's highly sensitive. And when I do, when he does watch TV of any kind, really, if, if it's something that catches his attention enough to absorb him and mean that I actually can, you know, do something else or sit back. What I notice is that after a couple of days, his behavior really, really starts to suffer. Now, this is not all kids. Obviously, like lots of my friends are are able to watch a nice little show with their kids in the evening before bedtime. If I was to do that before bedtime with my son, the night would go awry and I don't know whether it's just his brain or the overload of the stimulation. Um, but yeah, after after a time, I'm like, I just think it's too much for his little brain. And like, I'm raging because I would love to be able to say, right, let's just put on something that you like for half an hour and have just a little bit of chill time. Um, but I've had to pull back on it massively because, you know, our nights were being really affected. He was up several times a night. And, and since pulling it away, I don't know for sure that that's why things have improved. But it's the correlation there that I can't ignore. Um, so, so yeah, for us, I, unfortunately, I mean, it's, it's probably going to be better for him long term, but it means that there's a lot of expectation on me to like be constantly playing with him, but, you know, it's mm. just him and me for most of the day. So, um, it can be a lot. Is it just on that point, because there's a few texts coming in on that actually, and like, do parents face a lot of criticism though, Caroline, or maybe too much? Like, I, I look, I understand in the point Jen made, made around, you know, you can't ignore the evidence that's there in terms of uh, spending too much time. But, you know, we're, we're what, a week into typically the Easter holidays now for school going age. And if two thirds of parents are letting their children use screen time, are we too critical of parents? Are we giving parents too much of a hard time? I think so. And I think we're all perfect parents until we become parents. You know, I went into this with the best of intentions, thinking I wasn't going to be doing this or that. And then, you know, when the time comes and you're there and, you know, the struggle is real, the stress is real, and you're trying to balance everything, you're like, okay, there's got to be a bit of give and take here. I think we're so much more aware these days of what's good and what's not good for our kids that we're probably streets ahead of generations previous in knowing, you know, how to take care of our kids. So we're probably, we worry so excessively about them. I think we're probably doing our best and we're probably doing a good enough job and a little bit of screen time. It, it hasn't impacted, you know, me or any of my friends who watched a bit of TV when we were that age. And, you know, you can always just try and get everything right, but you, you have to look after yourself as well as the parents. And um, it's, you know, the full picture, the holistic view of, well, yes, I could do everything perfect for my child and then I'm left completely spent and then I can't, you know, mother very well. So mm-hmm. you have to kind of take it in the context of, do I need to just step back for a second here and finish this cup of tea and take a break so that I can then, you know, refill and carry on with the rest of the day. Um, but I'm also, I mean, I, I'm not at the stage yet where I'm trying to like pull him away from him being really obsessed with it or anything. So I haven't confronted that yet. Stella O'Malley is with us as well, um, Caroline. I know Jen is still on the line there too. Look, 087-1400-106 if you, if you want to get in touch with us. Stella's an author and um, psychotherapist. Does it actively, actually negatively affect children or Stella? What's your view on this? Oh, well, the, the research has shown that it can. And I think, you know, it was, it was very interesting that Caroline responded when she saw, sadly, that her child was being impacted and, you know, good for her because I could hear hear the heartbreak really in her voice because <laughs> yeah. it was so handy. The electronic babysitter is so, so useful, especially, for example, what we're doing right now. You know, a call, we want to take it mm-hmm. and we do know that, like, if we could just stick them in front of the telly, 
it will work. It will actually work. And it doesn't mean I have to get in somebody professional, make all the book and all the kind of costs and hassles that's involved just for small bits of work here and there, especially because so many of us are working in this kind of contract kind of world, freelancing world. An awful lot of people are working from home that it's become a really important part of it. It does impact some of us, just like, you know, bad food impacts some people more than others. Some people can eat a lot of processed food and get away with it. Some people can't. Some people need their sleep and they just crack up without it. And some people can't. And our job, I suppose, as parents is to respond to the the bitter truth that sometimes, you know, our kid does not respond well to the solution we're offering them. And so we have to kind of be decent enough to say, okay, much as I wish this was working for them, it, it isn't. And sometimes we don't because it's it's so handy, I suppose. It's just yeah. so handy. So it sort of comes back to the point that Jen made a little earlier too, Stella, around um like having to work. It's it's not a choice for, for many people. It's the um it's the, the, the need to work and, and sometimes it's just about creating that room to allow people. And parents. it's also it's also kind of having the freedom to say, you know, like um uh, they were on telly too much earlier on because I was working a little bit too much. So I'm gonna put them outside whether they like it or not. The thing is when we've all discovered during COVID, when we kind of encourage them onto their screens they can start insisting that they stay on their screen. They, the children, can start insisting that they stay on How their screen. How long they want, yeah. Yeah, well, it's, it can become a free-for-all quite quickly. And I suppose our job is to make sure that we, um, we're on to it and we realise just because I, I, I had you on the telly or using you know electronics a lot in the last three days, I was very busy and now I'm calling it. And now you're going to be off them. And you say it straight if you follow me to them. You say, you know, needs must. Sometimes I am going to use it. It's like processed food. It's like convenient food. It's like McDonald's. Sometimes it's so handy that you use it and you appreciate it and it's brilliant. And sometimes you think, oh, my God, I'm overusing this. Mm. I really need to pull back. And it's just the same. And I think we're going to look on, on this area as we're, as we're figuring it out. Just like in the 70s, we figured out convenient food was really handy. And we ate loads of it. And then people started saying, actually, we shouldn't eat too much of this. It's the very same with this. We know it's good. We know it's handy. And we can't do too much of it. Some of the texts coming in. Let, let me just bring some of these messages and, 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 and shout if you want to respond. This listener says, I always said that I wouldn't allow my child to have any time with iPads or phones, but life is just so busy that I couldn't fight it anymore. There's too much pressure on parents to be perfect. This listener says, I miss the simple days um, out that we used to have, just having the picnic in the garden in the summer. That was the height of excitement. Everything is money. We've lost the simple pleasures. Another listener says, we're far too protective of children. When is the last time you saw kids out on the street playing? They can't use their imaginations anymore. They've no ability to think for themselves. Pat has got in touch and Pat says, it's laziness from parents. What did our parents do? What did our parents do when there was no iPads to entertain us, Jen? Mammy was at home. Mammy was at home. That's what happened. Women picked up the slack and they stayed at home and they let women, men go to work and they took care of the children and all these things could happen. And that is the big difference nowadays that in lots of houses, parents are, are if there's two parents, both are working or if it's a one parent household, the, the parent is working. Mammy is not at home the way she was anymore. It's very different. And we also live in very different times. You know, it's not 
perhaps quite as safe, even though you don't want to overstate the risk either because you don't want to be creating anxious kids. But we also have people living maybe in apartment complexes that they can't go outside. There isn't a back garden. There isn't a place to play outside, perhaps maybe living on a main road. It isn't all as black and white as some people like to paint it. Caroline, there's an, an interesting email that has come in that I, I just I read just even off the back of your point earlier. Mm-hmm. This listener says, three years ago, I started letting my three year old watch television and I felt I felt like all his little friends were watching and chatting about it. So I didn't want my boy to be left out. Uh, he'd always loved his books and enjoyed playing. And once the TV was introduced, the books were forgotten about and the tantrum started when the TV went off. After mm. two weeks, we decided the television was broken. He got back to himself a few days after a few days. We couldn't believe the effect it had on him. He's now six, has a three-year-old brother. They're allowed to pick two programmes each on Netflix on a Saturday and Sunday. And also, if uh, if we're in the grandparents' oh yeah, house or the school for the school holidays, uh, the same Netflix rule applies. Uh, we're not allowed to try... Um, sorry, we, we try not to allow any other screens. It's not easy, but I do believe it's worth it. All we can do is our best. Yeah, it's worth it for me too. I mean, obviously, like I, you know, I said, like it'd be nice to step back. And you're kind of thinking, well, this is easier in this moment. But if I step back and look at the fuller picture, no, it's not easier overall because for my son, uh, it really does negatively impact him. Um, and I and I wish it didn't, but that's the way it is. But I also notice it depends on the kind of thing they're watching too. Like especially at such a young age, um, I I was he was kind of glued to Coco Melon, uh, which there's been lots of things said about recently where you know those shows are designed to like really um overstimulate the kid's brain and then of course they get hooked on it and their attention doesn't veer from it and then that can kind of just call I don't know I don't know the signs but it can impact their brain but it's these shows where the scenes never last more than it, if it changes within four seconds something about that has a big impact on them so there are shows there's lovely posts on Instagram which you talk through series of really good content shows for younger kids anyway that are much more um soft on the brain and on the impact of the brain so you know, there are there are things that you can watch that maybe wouldn't have the same impact. But I think for my son anyway, um, once it starts to build up in his system, I, I really start to feel it. So I kind of have to cut it. And I, I don't know if it'll always be that way, but for mm. now, It's working to. for now, yeah. yeah. Um, Andrea's on the line as well. Andrea, why did you get in touch about this? Thanks for having me on, Andrea. Um, I texted in because you were sent out the survey. You were talking about the survey about parents' guilt about their kids being on screens all the yeah. time. And I said I'd read text in because a lot of the public don't know about the eye effects, the, the negative mm-hmm. eye effects of excessive screen uses in children, tweens and teenagers. I've lost somebody there, but you're still with us, Andrea. Go yeah. on ahead. Yeah. And um, by 2050, it's predicted that half the world's population are going to be short-sighted because of screen use. Now, I, I didn't come on today to make any parent feel bad about their, their kids' screen use. I've got four kids myself and they're experts on their screens, three teenagers and 11-year-old. However, there's an awful lot of children who are very vulnerable to this excessive screen use and they're becoming short-sighted. And what short-sighted means is the eyeball is growing far too fast and stretching and becoming unhealthy. So it's predicted by 2050 half the world's population are going to have these stretched eyeballs and it'll have negative eye health implications in their fifth, sixth and second, seven decades in their life. So regarding what tips for parents, um, Are, do you TV, work in this area, Andrea? Yes, yes. I'm 26 years an optometrist. Oh, so right, okay, way. right, right. And I specialise in myopia about 15 years. Myopia, which is short-sightedness, i.e. you can't see in the distance. Um, parents ask me all the time, what's less negative on the children's eyes? TVs are actually better for their eyes because it's in the distance. 
So if you exercise your distance vision muscles, outdoors, playing sport, or let them watch TV, mm. that's a low risk use of their eyes. The high risk use of their eyes is these very small mobile phones and iPads. And mm. parents come into me all the time with their teenagers and they come specifically for me to try and slow down this progression of their growth of the eye. And I'll ask the teenager, can I see their screen time on their phone? And invariably, it'll range from six to ten hours a day. So it's the it's the up close phone. Yes. You're, you're you're better with it's, television it's, watching, yes. basically. You're viewing. So uh, we're we're far too hard on ourselves. We, especially my Irish mothers, we work, we try to juggle everything. And I'll say to them repeatedly: TV is a low risk use. So don't feel. I know it's got other negative um, connotations. Too much TV, not reading, not being outdoors, etc. But regarding the eye health, it's a low risk use mm. of your eyes. And you're you're noticing more people coming in now, teenagers, I suppose, since... I'm seeing six and seven-year-olds coming in who are becoming short. When I qualified 26 years ago, maybe you had 15, now my, I'm not 100% accurate on my stats here, but maybe 15% by girl, uh, t- teenagers when they were doing their junior search came in getting glasses, maybe 15%. Now, it's, it's up in 40% that come into me and they're six and eight and 10 years old because they're on screens all the time. It's another element, Stella, isn't it? That you know, probably people don't take yeah. you know, don't don't take account there's of. A, there's a lot of secondary kind of um, impact on screens. For example, obesity and, and eye eyesight is are two big ones. There's the mental health, there's the kind of jitteriness and the kind of a, a, a kind of habitual reliance on a screen to dis- distract a person when they are in distress means that they get disconnected from their emotions. But we kind of all intuitively know that too much screens are, are bad. But we also know, you know, feeling ravaged with stress is also bad for our children mm. when their parents feel ravaged with stress. Well, so we have to balance it. We yeah. have to sometimes. But yeah, I, I, I also agree about the television. If you are picking electronics, especially if they're younger, for a varied reasons, a lot of reasons, not just eye health, television would be better than up-close iPads and stuff. I just want to bring this one final text. Um, Jen, you're still on the line and, and it, it's not directed to you, but just the few of them sort of similar to this that have come in. Uh, this listener says, the problem is that we're so obsessed with keeping children entertained. It's not the parents' responsibility. Just let the children play and entertain themselves. You know, and I, 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 I mean, I agree that we do feel this absolute responsibility to occupy our children's every waking moment and this whole idea of free play and allowing them to be bored, that seems to have gone out the window a little bit. But again, I would bring it back to the fact that mum isn't there or isn't as available as she was before to allow kids to go out the front and play and maybe be there to supervise or maybe there isn't a suitable back, uh, back garden to play and people are living in all sorts of different situations. And there's also, I suppose, that idea of trying to keep them keep them safe you know so if you're working like if I'm working and if I'm on a call Mario is babysitting my um my children now at the moment <laughs> uh, Mario Carter is babysitting yeah. them as I'm working as, as you're working you can't necessarily let them run out the front and run free because if somebody falls and some or something happens or they disappear out of your line of vision it's not necessary you can't you can't, I suppose, get, you can't run out to them immediately, depending on what you're doing work-wise. Yeah. So, that, I mean, there's there's that, that's still there. I don't think it's just down to parents trying to control how their children are playing, though I do feel, think they do feel a guilt about occupying them and a responsibility to occupy them. I do think circumstances have changed so much that there is an impact on the children, and we have to cut ourselves slack too, and we, but we have to be practical. So it's trying to take all those different things into account. And can I just say one thing about the, um, the uh, screen time or mm. the eye health and stuff? Because 
but that has been raised. Funny if I'm short-sighted. I remember having this conversation with my own um, optician and a couple of my children wear glasses and some don't. And I was, I was chatting to him and he said the same sort of thing, that they're seeing huge numbers come in. But it's, again, they're using iPads in school. So the amount of screen time that te- children and teens are, spent, are you have, having is probably higher than we even allow for because we tend to think of them only being on screens when they're gaming or when they're watching something that they enjoy. They're also on iPads in schools too. So they have this constant close focus the whole time too. It's, it's an absolute minefield trying to navigate it at the moment because we yeah. live in these digital times. But, you know, we've other responsibilities It's not easy. Uh, an interesting mm-hmm. email in here from a listener who says, um, as the dad of two boys, it's a huge battle for us to try and stop them constantly going on their screens. Like cigarettes and drink and gambling and diet, there needs to be government health warnings around screen usage for children. There's enough science out there now that shows the impact on brains, eyesight and movement, etc. A lot, um, an awful lot of fathers and mothers are working from home now. It's a problem for both. I think it would help parents if the government health warnings were in place as it land with children how much having a balance of activities is important. Uh, He goes on to say I see with my own children, I see my own children regressing from using them. Their creativity is dampened imaginative play is reduced and ability to socialise is also compromised. Interesting email. Keep them coming into us. Lunchtime live at newstalk.com. Stella, Jen, Caroline and Andrea, thanks a million for getting in touch with us here on the programme. Lunchtime live with Andrea Gilligan Weekdays at midday on News Talk.